Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 32. If you have any questions that you want me to answer, just send them to my email michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K or through the Facebook Messenger widget on scientifictriathlon.com. Before we get into today's questions, big thanks as always to our sponsors. First, you have Roka that you can find on roka.com. And if you are looking for anything along the lines of wetsuits, tri suits, swim skins, buoyancy shorts, uh, goggles, or high performance eyewear, then that is definitely the place to go. Uh, Roka have grown in the last few years to become the market leader in, in these categories and with all their products, the end goal is always to bring the most amount of performance, the fastest performance, the best performance possible to the user of it, whether it's a wetsuit or a pair of goggles or a pair of sunglasses. So there's really an insane amount of research and development behind each of their products. And, and it shows when you, when you put them on and, and go out and try them in the field that uh, this, this, is, this is super high quality stuff that I cannot recommend enough. And especially so when you can get 20% off your entire order on roca.com. Use the promo code TTS, all caps, to get that 20% discount. Also, big thanks to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. They make electrolyte products that uh, you can use to make sure that you replace electrolytes that you lose and sodium in particular that you lose through your sweat in an individual manner because everybody is so different when it comes to how much sodium and electrolytes you lose through your sweat. Go back and listen to the episode that I did with uh, Andy Blow back in episode 49, I believe, when we covered the basics of hydration and electrolytes and how it can potentially lead to many sorts of issues like performance, uh, performance decline, nausea, cramping, etc. if you don't get that electrolyte replacement right. Uh, not to mention lack of fluid absorption in the first place. Uh, but uh, precision hydration helps you individualize electrolytes because it's not as easy as just taking two salt pills per whatever time duration that you want to try to take two salt pills in in your race. But uh, you need to actually do a little bit of, of thinking for how, and investigating in how much you lose. So precision hydration have a free online sweat test on their website. Uh, that is just a quiz of 10 simple questions that takes a few minutes to, to fill in. And based on that, they have validated it against actual test results with sweat test equipment. Uh, so you will get a very good ballpark number for how much electrolytes you use after taking that sweat test. And then you can, you can tailor your hydration and electrolyte strategy to those results. And you can try your first box of Precision Hydration for free with the promo code that Triathlon Show, all on word, all caps, on precisionhydration.com. Okay, so let's jump into today's questions. First, we have a question from Andy in the UK who writes, Hello, Michael. Firstly, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thanks for making it. I have been doing triathlons for about three years and enjoy being self-coached. I am super time crunched and can only do three to five hours per week. I have a really uh, full-on job commute and young children so can't spare any more time i do weekly swim sessions with a master's group i use trainer road uh, their sprint triathlon plan for my uh, bike sessions on the indoor trainer and i follow a periodization plan auto generated through training peaks i do strength and core work uh, through the year and last year i got some age group podium finishes in local sprint races so i must have some good genes considering the time that i have to train I just wondered if periodization based on TSS training stress score was still the best plan for me. 
Uh, I could work off time instead, but either way, I can't help thinking those zone two base sessions are wasted on me. I have so few sessions I can afford for I can't afford for them to be more intense. No, I can't afford for them to be more intense because I have the time to recover. Would you have any steers for super time crunched athletes who still want to improve efficiently? Uh, thanks. Okay, so three to five hours, that, that is uh, quite difficult to work with for sure. Uh, so uh, first piece of advice, try to make it a five hours period. So if you have three to five hours, make sure that it's five hours. That, that would be my first and most important piece of advice. And I think that it, it's probably possible with the right time management. We talked about that in uh, many past Q&A episodes and other episodes on the podcast and how to find time and make time. So, so I think that you should be able to find five hours and then it's a bit easier to work with. So, so that would be the first and most important piece of advice that I can give you. Uh, second, you ask about the auto-generated TSS-based periodization in training peaks and that is a no-no. Uh, so, and same with any like auto-generated periodization. It's uh, not, not worth it for anybody, I think. Use a plan instead, a generic training plan, I mean, because in, in that case, you're going to have something that is at least thought through those. Uh, I'm sorry to say that, but, but the older generation of training plans or periodization structures, it's just maybe someday it will get there. But today, I don't think it's, it's there yet where it's uh, anywhere near worth using. Uh, so, uh, so forget about that. And either way, like with five hours per week to train, you're not really trying to have periods of higher or lower training volume you're just trying to stick to that five hours every single week of the year period maybe maybe one or two weeks off around christmas or something but but uh, for the most part you're just going to try to stick to that five hours every single week and and plan your training as effectively as possible with that five hours and uh, just forget about what the whatever the tss is it it doesn't really matter uh, but especially so in your case with with so little time to train it definitely doesn't matter so uh, yeah, in terms of how to structure that training, you may be right that on a weekly basis, you don't need to be too concerned about having a majority of workouts be easy. But you should. But on a yearly basis, you you can't just do all the uh, all, all the workouts in the year as hard training. I I mean you could. I'm not saying that you're going to get overtrained or anything, but I don't think that you'll get the benefits, the same benefits that you would if you if you did have some more easy training in there as well so so you should structure in weeks or periods where your training is more uh, is aerobic is easy or you might stagnate quickly if you just do intervals 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 and uh, i would say that the higher the intensity of your workouts the quicker you will start to see diminishing returns uh, so for vo2 max workouts for example you will see diminishing returns more quickly than something like sweet spot or threshold work so, so something that you might do is do something like, for a period of time at least, to do something like three weeks on, one week off. And that doesn't mean off, of course, in that you take time of training, but you do just easy workouts in that week off. But maybe, and, and in those three weeks on, of course, you do have intense training. That's not to say that all, every single workout has to be intense, but you, I don't think that you need to have the majority of your workouts be easy either. Like you need to find the, the happy medium there. So, so maybe actually, a majority of those workouts might have some intensity to them, uh, for sure. But but maybe after repeating this three week three weeks on one week off pattern for a few times, maybe after repeating this three times, so that is twelve weeks, uh, then you will already have done quite a bit of intensity. You will have done nine weeks of a lot of intensity, 
And at that point, maybe it's worth adding a longer block of just easy endurance work because you haven't done a lot of that because that's something that you're lacking in if you only do it every four weeks for, for one week. So, so at that point, maybe you take two to three weeks for, for that sort of easy aerobic endurance stuff. And that will help you prevent stagnation as well. Because otherwise, uh, what I think might happen to you is that you might stagnate pretty quickly. You might improve at first, but then you might stagnate if you just keep doing do, doing the work that you have been doing. Because you're just working the top end, but you're not building the base. And I realize that it, it may feel, uh, I guess, counterproductive or risky to, uh, to, to skip doing intensity because you have so little time to train. But, but I think that that is something that you, that you're going to need, uh, because otherwise you won't have the foundation that you can, you can further raise the ceiling of your capacity on. So, so I think that you just need to have some confidence in that and, and you need to be strategic with how you include it in, uh, in your training and not do it all the time and not necessarily have, uh, not think too much about having it all balanced out on a weekly basis. But more so, as I said, that you might have periods when you focus on high intensity and then periods where you focus more on the low intensity to, to get a proper, uh, an appropriate stimulus on, on both those sides, on the intense side and the, and the very easy aerobic stuff on the easy aerobic side of the spectrum. And I would say that uh, getting testing, like a lactate test, for example, that would be really, really great for you. And, and and lightning like the the less time you have the more you need to make sure that the training that you do is, is actually right for you so getting your training zones from a from a lactate test uh or for cycling for that matter you could you could use the inside test that i talked about in the last couple of q and a's uh so go to scientifictriathlon.com and click through to inside testing to look at that for running i think a regular lactate test is is more than good enough uh, and uh, and that is going to give you the individual zones, but also the information of just how much your aerobic base may be lacking. So if your lactate levels start to increase the moment you put on your running shoes, then that's definitely a sign that actually you might need to take a bit more, put a bit more focus on this aerobic development side rather than just the intensity side, no matter how little time you have. And that is actually maybe how you're going to improve in the long term. You might not see an improvement after a four-week block of low-intensity training at all, but then the improvements that you'll see will come after the next block of intense training, potentially. So, so that's a strong recommendation as well to, to do get, get a lactate test. And, and for cycling, you have alternatives like the inside testing as well. Another thing that I noted down here that I think that you could consider is to try to focus on one discipline at a time while just doing maintenance in the others. So for example, you might do a two-week bike block where you do each week just a 30 minute swim and a 30 minute run and uh, they might have some some intensity uh, to just work on maintenance maintaining i guess just just a little bit of uh, technique like feel for the water and running technique but also maintaining that top end with, with some with some intensity and and then you have four hours to focus on on riding and in that case, what I would do is like a two hour long ride and then two harder rides. So perhaps one around threshold and one with VO2 max intervals. And as I said, maybe do this for two weeks and then you switch the attention to, to running or swimming. And the same principles apply there. Always try to get in one longer aerobic workout. Uh, so on the run, maybe a 90 minute easy run and then another easy run, which would be perhaps 45 minutes and then two uh, quality workouts, high intensity workouts. Uh, of 45 and 60 minutes so there you have your four hours 
Also, be sure to listen to Q&A number 28, and I'll link to that in the episode description for more on how to train on four workouts per week and a limited time budget. Thanks for your question, Andy, and good luck. So the next question is from Luve in Sweden, who writes, Hi, Michael. I have a few questions coming from someone who has done years of almost exclusively easy and zone two workouts, much due to methadone and similar philosophies, but also due to a history of overdoing things and a cautious mindset towards overtraining and getting injured and or sick. What is a good way to introduce more high-intensity training without doing too much? And most importantly, how do you evaluate and follow up changes in training, both hard numbers like PBs or uh, what wattage numbers, but also more subtle things like mood, sleep and possible illness? Any platform tools or just mindset ideas is greatly appreciated. Thanks for your question, Luv, and also thank you. You wrote this question in Swedish as, at first, which uh, of course is my native language, but uh, I'm always very bad when I'm translating on the fly. So, so you kindly sent me this question in English so that it, uh, it will be a, sound a bit more fluent when I read it on the podcast. So that's uh, that, that was very nice of you to do. Thank you. Uh, so to answer your question, when you introduce intensity for the first time, do it gradually and be patient. I'm going to assume that you are a triathlete, but actually let's first uh, discuss it from a single sport perspective because it's a bit easier that way. So for from a single sport athlete perspective, uh, you would probably want to start with just doing one higher intensity session per week as you, as you get started. And, and the other thing that you need to think about is the total duration of intense work. So the total duration of intervals, for example. So your end goal should be to build up to Within a single workout, it depends on the intensity zone that you're working in. So for zone 5 work, like VO2 max work, you should build up to 50 to 20 minutes of total work. For zone 4 work, you should build up to 30 to 40 minutes. And for zone 3 work, 40 to 60 minutes. And that's uh, on the run, I would say, on the bike at least that much, but on the, uh, sorry, on the, on the bike at least that much, but possibly even more, depending on how advanced you are. Uh, so uh, so those are the end goals, but that's not where you should be starting. You shouldn't be starting with 20 minutes of zone 5 intervals or 40 minutes of zone 4 intervals. So starting way below that. Uh, so maybe if uh, if your starting point is, let's say you want to introduce zone 5 intervals, uh, then maybe start with 5 minutes total. So 5 times 1 minute. Or start with uh, 2 times 5 minutes in zone 4 to get in 10 minutes of work. And build up the total duration of intensity by increasing by let's say four to 10 minutes every every week or even every two weeks. So you would increase the duration with less minutes for your zone five intervals. So you might increase by three or four minutes per week or per two weeks. Uh, whereas in your zone four intervals, you might add a little bit more like adding five minutes per week. And zone three, you can be more liberal again with how you increase the duration. So increasing by even 10 minutes uh, per week or per two weeks. So, so that would be the, the basic, uh, the basic idea for how to gradually move into intervals. Uh, perhaps one thing that might make sense to, to think about is to first do, start with those zone three, so moderate intensity. It's not really high intensity work and, and do that for a few weeks. So building up to, for example, 30 minutes at zone three. And then you can start to introduce zone four or zone five, perhaps in a second workout and, and start small. Uh, you could even replace the zone three workout, but, but I think at that point, once you've done 
four weeks of zone free work, then you're ready to add that second high intensity workout and you start small and then you gradually build up uh, build up that total duration of higher workload. Uh, so, but in in case you do replace that zone free workout with a zone four or zone five workout, you don't need to start from scratch, but you also don't need to overdo it. So maybe you don't start from five minutes of zone five work, but not from twenty either. Maybe you start from ten minutes or twelve minutes or something something like that. Also, another thing: if you are a triathlete, then I would say that it's good to start with introducing intervals or high intensity training on the bike and swim first, and do that for a month or so. And then you can start to introduce it on the run as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do think that you can introduce definitely, you could introduce all three at the same time. I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. But if you, since it sounds like you are uh, very careful, I don't know if you have a history of problems or anything like that. Uh, in most cases, I think if you don't have a history of problems, it should be totally fine to introduce all three. Uh, and as long as you do it carefully as described. But uh, but if you do want to be very careful, then do it on the bike and and swim first, and then introduce running a bit later after a month or so of having done high intensity work of uh, of biking and swimming. So for the second part of the questions, how to evaluate the changes? Then well, you mentioned PBs, uh, and PBs are uh, definitely a gold standard when it comes to evaluating changes. So definitely monitor that. Uh, I would also say that uh, your heart rate and your RPE in easy runs or rides or swims for the same easy pace that you're used to, that is a great way to to track how things are going. So if you go out for your easy run and you have the same pace that you usually have have had for, for quite some time and you feel that it feels easier, your heart rate is lower, then that's a great sign of, of improved fitness. Then also, very importantly, improvements in the actual intense workout. So... So let's say that one week you manage, say, 250 watts in your intervals. And uh, it doesn't really matter here what intervals there are. If they are zone, zone 5 or zone 4 or zone 3, it's all relative to you. Uh, so, but, but let's say you manage 250 watts. And the next week, the same sort of intervals, maybe with increased duration, but still same sort of, same, same zone, same training zone. You, you manage 260 watts in, in those intervals. That's an improvement. That's a clear improvement. And some people might say that, well, that, that isn't super controlled. Like what is one week I did three times four minute intervals. And then the next week I do four times three minutes of in intervals. That's not the same. It's not a controlled experiment. And no, it isn't. At the individual level, uh, training is not a super controlled experiment. It, it cannot be and, and shouldn't be. I, I think it's quite important to be able to, to feel, intuitively feel if you are improving just on a week to week basis by or month to month basis by by assessing your workouts qualitatively as much as as quantitatively uh, so so you can feel that even though maybe you did four times three minutes this week and you did three times four minutes last week but your your power numbers are higher you can feel that well if i would have done three times four minutes this week as well i i feel that i could have made 260 watts anyway so i would have improved of course, control the controllables, like make sure you don't have a, make sure you cal calibrate your power meter and so on. That's, and, and if you had the fan turned on last week, but you don't have it this week, then, then that's something that can make a big difference. But, but we're not trying to, to make it like a really rigid experiment or, or anything like that. That's not the point of training. Uh, otherwise we would be doing FTP tests or lactate tests or whatever every single week. Uh, so, and we're not doing that because that's not ideal. 
So, uh, so use that the improvements in the actual workouts and uh, and just make sure that you assess it, you you think through it, and and you get you develop that intuitive feel for whether you're improving or not. So, of course, that means that you need to sort of know your numbers, like remember what sort of watts you did last week or what sort of pace you did last week, but but also remember that you you don't want to try to set new PRs every single week in workouts. That's not the idea either. But but you should just be aware of what your numbers are and when those new workout breakthroughs happen then you should notice them in terms of mood sleep etc i really like using the hrv for training app uh, i'm an ambassador for hrv for training and uh, shout out to marco altini who i interviewed back in episode something uh, you can uh, you can google marco altini scientific triathlon and you will definitely find the episode it was in the 160s, I want to say. Anyway, I really like the HRV for training app uh, because it measures my morning HRV, heart rate variability, with in one minute with the camera on the back of my phone. And that HRV, that resting morning HRV, gives a pretty holistic view of my recovery status, uh, from at least from an autonomous nervous system perspective. But another great thing with the app is that it has then a short set of questions that it prompts me uh, every morning to to answer, like sleep quality, sleep duration, fatigue, energy level, and and those sorts of things. And really, I could track them. I, I can plot them in in HRV for Training in the app or in the online platform because I use HRV for Training Pro, which is a great online platform. I don't really look at those charts. Charts, I have to be honest. It's more so about the fact that every morning. I'm taking a couple of minutes to just be aware of how I feel. What what are my fatigue levels? Uh, what what is my what was my sleep quality and those sort of things. So so it's more about giving that awareness rather than any like super diligent tracking and plotting and and trying to again make everything like a super rigorous experiment. That that's not what it's about in my opinion. It's it's about that awareness and and that an HRV for training, I think, is great in that it helps bring that awareness on a regular basis, on a daily basis to me. So, so I, I would highly recommend checking that out. The app is uh, very cheap. It's like a one-time fee that is less than 10 euros. So it's, it's a super good investment. And then uh, you don't really need anything more than that. But if you want to go deeper, then HRV for Training Pro is the online platform that adds even more functionality. And it's, uh, it's really great. It's very cheap as well. So, so you can try that. I think they have a free trial as well. And, and it is brilliant, but you, you really don't need that. Download the app. I would highly recommend downloading the app and, and that will go a really long way for you. And, uh, finally, the final thing that I would track, I talked about this a few begin, uh, sorry, Q and A episodes ago, but the, the final thing that I would track is, uh, in training peaks, you have these emoticons that you can rate how strong you felt in your workout today. So if you felt really, really strong, you have a very, uh, a very strong smile on that uh, emoticon. And then if you felt really, really bad, like really sucky legs, then, then you have a, a very sad smiley face. And then you have the neutral in between and, and you also have a slightly happy and a slightly frowning frowning face to, to give some more nuance. So it's a five point scale essentially on how strong you felt. And really, if you feel neutral in most of your workouts, that's totally fine. That's that's the idea. Uh, and uh, but then you want to make sure that you're not starting to see an increasing frequency of those. I felt bad. I felt weak today. And uh, yeah, you should. I think that it's a good thing when you see 
more happy faces, so more on the positive side than you do on the negative side. And you are going to have both, that's almost inevitable. But let's say over a monthly period that you have, uh, let, let's say that you train 30 times per month to make it easy. Let's say that you have 20 neutral faces and uh, seven happy and uh, three frowning or more or sad faces, then uh, that, that would be a good thing. But if you have 20 neutral and eight sad and two happy, then, then that would be maybe a bit of a risk factor. So again, it's mostly about the awareness really, but, but also you can, you can see how things are trending. And if you start to see an increasing frequency of those frowning faces or, or really sad faces, then that's definitely a sign that you might be doing too much. And it doesn't have to be the intensity. It might be the volume or the overall stress, but, but that's a really good thing to, to track, I think. All right, so I hope this helps, Love, and that wraps it up for today. So keep sending in your questions to get them answered on future episodes. I'll link in the episode description to Q&A number 28, uh, which is on time management and training on very limited time. It was on four, four times per week, so that's relevant to the first question that we had for today. And I'll also link to the interview with, uh, with Marco Altini, who is the founder of HRV for Training because I can't remember the episode number, but I'll link to that in the episode description as well. Finally, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and take their free online sweat test to get your individualized hydration strategy. And use the promo code that's Triathlon Show, all one word, all caps, to get your first box for free. And thank you to Roka, that you can find on roka.com. Go there and check out the range of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear, and take 20% off your entire order with the promo code TTS, all caps. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.